folks. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Look at this fucking market. How y'all doing? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, welcome back to another new money movement. We're going to talk about the news. And really, you know, if you've been paying attention to the market, it's getting bleaker and bleaker and bleaker. And you know what? We're here for it. We're here. We're going to cover it. We're going to give you the positive spin on it. But let's talk about the carnage. Let's talk about the blood and all the interesting stuff that's keeping you up at night. Hopefully not, but it might be. And, and if it is, then hopefully it's not by the end of the show. But uh, I've, I've dragged it on long enough. Listen, Monday was carnage. I mean, S&P down 4%. I think it finished down uh, over the last five days it's dropped 10 percent i think on the year we are officially in bear territory which is defined as 20 percent or less from all-time highs and, and that is exactly where we are and and so the fed is meeting this week i believe and it looks like they were probably going to do a 0.5 percent increase but listen hey they they saw this that 8.6 inflation number that came out uh, last uh, week basically the market puked crypto markets uh, stock markets every kind of fucking market was just way caught off guard i was caught off guard listen guys i've been saying i've been on the record week after week after week saying that inflation is going to slow down we're at the top blah 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 and then here we go three tenths of a percentage uh point higher yeah i think i said that right 0.3 percent higher than <laughs> what we expected the dow was down 2.8 that nasdaq down 4.7 yesterday and i mean it looks like they're gonna do a 0.75 percentage point interest rate increase which all that really means guys is and you know i've talked about it before when the federal reserve of the united states or the central bank of any country wants to sort of control the economy and and, and manipulate it in a certain type of way they have a few levers that they can pull right they can you know decrease interest rates and make lending more attractive and to stimulate the economy they can put stimulus into the economy by by you know uh, buying assets putting more cash liquidity and making sure that that money gets out there or they can do the opposite right they can increase interest rates make borrowing less attractive cool things off uh, and then they can also begin to sell off some of the assets on their balance sheet making sure that they're you know pulling liquidity out and so it looks like they're going to start tightening they were doing stimulus before and now they're easing before rather and now they're going to do tightening and because inflation is way higher and still out of control uh, it looks like they're going to probably do potentially a 0.75 percent in um oh my god i can't i'm struggling with so 0.75 rate increase right <laughs> and the bank of america or bank of america bank of canada is likely actually going to do something very similar in terms of uh quite aggressive uh, moves i mean I, I saw that there's you know mortgage rates that are in the six percent range now in the united states i mean that is crazy six percent interest rates i mean you know you talk to some people who are you know i'm 25 i just turned 25 a few months ago that's why I started there uh 25 you know you talk to people who are in their 40s 50s whatever they remember mortgage rates being you know eight nine ten percent fifteen percent like you know there is a world i mean we're just completely not used to we're so used to you know low rate mortgages mortgages being you know three to four percent at highest and now we're starting to really see a creep up as those rates are getting higher and you know for decades there's been just this low rate environment and finally uh, it looks like it's actually starting to increase and this this the market just doesn't know what to do.
inflation wasn't really a problem. We never really had a crazy inflation problem. It was two to three percent. I mean, historically, it's two to three percent on average, but it, it was you know anywhere from two to three percent over the past twenty years, and now it is just out of control and it's ripping. The Fed uh, has talked about how it was overstimulized. That's not a word. Too much stimulus. And to the defense, I mean, if we wanna if you wanna look back at why this happened and and how it happened, basically, how it happened was. In 0708, they just put a fuck ton of money, like billions and billions and billions of dollars into the system. And that was like a real hardcore recession. So even though they were putting all that stimulus in, there wasn't, you know, crazy demand. And there was still a lot of more traditional recession-like characteristics from consumers and businesses and things like that. So it, it didn't cause this like atomic bomb to go off. But when COVID hit, it was so detrimental and so scary and so uncertain. The Fed redeployed low interest rate policies that it believed had been effective in 08 and in the past and generally benign, didn't really see inflation as a problem. I mean, inflation is a small price to pay. I mean, like a lot of people back in you know, April 2020, May 2020 would talk about inflation. They would say, look out for the inflation in two years, three years. And they are probably laughing their fucking heads off, right? And I, I mean, it's kind of, you know, despicable, but because like you're rooting for people to suffer. But listen, they were right. And for a multitude of reasons, probably not the reasons they thought entirely, but they were kind of right. And, you know, nobody gave a shit about inflation. I mean, we didn't know what like the next few months would look like. We didn't know if this thing was going to mutate. We didn't know if we were going to be able, like, dude, it was so dark in in the in, in the spring of 2020. We really didn't know the Fed did everything it could. It said, we're just going to we're going to be fine. We're going to we need to buy time to get this vaccine going. So listen, every human on Earth was like, this is fucked. We'll do whatever it takes. Let's just let's calm everything down. You know, Trump and Biden were part of you know, part of this, you know, everybody's blaming Biden for inflation. I mean, dude, Trump was right there. The Trump administration was right there, you know, co you know, co-signing this sort of uh, package and, and stimmy checks and all that kind of stuff. So it's both administrations. And, you know, the financial crisis was very, you know, small. And then there was so much demand, pent up demand and, and such a rebound. The labor market was good. The Federal Reserve just felt like, no, nah, man, we don't want to get ahead of it. We don't want to take our foot off the gas. We want to keep pumping. And they pumped, you know, trillions of dollars in. And it, yeah, it's just it's just unbelievable where it's gone. And I mean, nearly one in five stocks, I believe, in the stock market, the U.S. stock market is down 80 percent or worse from their 52 week high. Like it is absolutely ridiculous. And thank God it's market weighted, you know, for a lot of these indexes and things like that, because I mean, who knows what it would look like if, if it was just like <laughs> the market cap didn't matter. But I mean, yeah, it's really holding up the broader market, you know, 22% down. It, it, it's a proper, proper bear market. And so it's a fantastic time to buy in like it always is. I think it's still scary. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, you know, it, 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 I mean, I'm honestly, I'm not really that worried at all. Like, to be honest, like, yes, I see these headlines. Yes, whatever. But I just I don't know. I'm, I'm just so I'm so fucking drilled in on this buy and hold mindset. And I have been for years. And so I see 20 percent drawdown, 30 percent drawdown. I see me being down tens of thousands of dollars. And I just don't care, man. Like, I just know that this is long term money. I mean, it's a, it's a very interesting to watch and to talk about and to speculate on it. It's, it's like sports. I mean, ultimately, sports doesn't really matter right like why does sports matter it's just pure entertainment there's no 
you know, you could talk about some of the, you know, humanitarian efforts and things that like the LeBron Jameses of the world are doing, but sports in a grand scheme doesn't really matter, right? But I love it. I fucking love it. It is so entertaining. It's it's fantastic. It gives, you know, purpose and it's just, it just, it serves a purpose. And so with following the market and staying up to date, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. You are not the Fed. You're not some major CEO where this actually affects your livelihood. You're probably just an investor. And if you're trying to speculate on timing the market, it's a losing bet. I mean, as I learn more and more about this stuff, I feel this false sense of like thinking I know where it's going to go, right? I talk to you guys every week and I say, this is what I think. You know, what do I know? But like, here are my predictions. And sometimes I feel like I can predict it, you know, and and I know I can't. <laughs> I, I know I can't. But you know why I know I can't? Because nobody can. But there's also, you know, literally two weeks ago, I, was, I, I, I made a video on the recession and, you know, what's happening. And, and, I, and I really do think that I've seen so much contradictory, you know, or, 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 or sort of, I guess, contradictory evidence against what I was saying that's starting to come out and a lot of data that's starting to come out. And it's like, you just don't have a full scope. And no matter who you are, no matter how level you are, no matter how many years of experience you have in the markets, you can't predict everything. You can have a hunch and you could probably call things and you probably have a better percentage of, of calling it, but you just, you don't know, you don't know. And so for me, I think, hey, you know, the Fed's tightening. It's probably not gonna be fantastic in the stock market for quite a while, but I don't actually know that, right? This thing could rally, Wall Street, you know, could rally and, and it could come back. I mean, the Fed could could kind of chill. You know, it could be like that. We we really don't know. But, you know, if you're a betting man, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, now you don't have, you know, the punch bowl. Fed's gone. There's only, you know, red, red, red. I'm going to sell, you know, whatever. And it's like, you just don't know. And so I always had, I, I've never, ever, ever made a speculatory move with respect to, I mean, maybe there was one and some bullshit play, but I, I really try not to speculate at all and try to put my money that matters based on my hunches that don't, right? Like they, they, those, those don't matter. And ultimately, I think that's something you guys should take away from all of this is that yes, this is carnage. It is real blood. It could get a lot worse. You know, it could go down 30, 35%. Again, I, uh, I, I like, here goes a, pre, uh, you know, prediction thing. I really find it hard to believe that it's going to be like 2020 levels, 2020, you know, like pre, pre, like I really find that hard to believe. I could be completely wrong. It could get a lot worse, right? The market is starting to crack. It is starting to get hit by this. I mean, we're going to talk about crypto in just a second here, but it has just been a complete 180 like purely from the Fed just being like, yeah, man, inflation's fucked. We're going to fight it. And that's really w what's happened. I mean, they, their effect on the rate increases has been pronounced for sure, but it was more so their signaling that caused this onslaught of, of behavior, right? They've even admitted themselves. I mean, the, you know, Fed chair Jerome Powell said we probably should have, you know, started raising rates earlier, probably shouldn't have bought as much, you know, mortgage-backed securities and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, they were just really trying to secure the future. They thought, you know, the Biden administration, Jenny Ellen, Secretary of Treasury, like saying basically the same thing. And it's an error and it is what it is. They're going to move on, right? It is, it is what it is. If you guys are looking for a 
new credit card that's awesome and gives you great cash back, you're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield, a good return on your money for, I mean, it's not gonna give you 10%, but it'll give you something, then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of their products. They are, in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, so, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, want to build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. Listen, Bitcoin, Ethereum, the crypto market has, 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 you know, you think the stock market's bad. It's fucking bad over there. I think Bitcoin sell off sparked by a reversal of the buying media that drove it. So like just a complete 180, fourth deepest drop in the cryptocurrency's 13 year history. So Bitcoin, this is the fourth right now, fourth deepest winter, let's call it of Bitcoin is happening right now. On Monday alone, Bitcoin, Monday alone, Bitcoin fell 15% to $23,000 US. Guys, remember when it was 70, 75,000 US? Like it's, it was like, man, what was the all time high of Bitcoin? Let's look it up in real time. I mean, it, it is, it is crazy. You would not have, you would, you would have not thought that this would happen. Bitcoin's all-time high was $83,000, $84,000 in November, right? Uh, November. $83,000 Canadian, which I believe would be high 70s American. Now it's 23 US, which is probably 28, 29 Canadian. So really has, has felt it. It's it's hit its lowest level since December 2020. 66% drop from the all-time highs. Listen, Bitcoin slide along with other you know cryptocurrencies, the entire crypto markets at its all-time high was worth three trillion dollars. Right, so it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, every crypto currency out there. Coin, the entire addressable market, addressable market's not the right word. The t the total market cap of all cryptos was three trillion dollars. My friends, it just dropped below one trillion. I think it's at 98 or 99, 90, 990 billion, right? 975 billion here. I just found it. 975 billion is where it ended Monday evening. 3 trillion to 975 billion, a two over $2 trillion of market cap vanished, gone. It's unbelievable now you got to think about all the coins that went to zero all the you know the lunas of the world and all that kind of stuff but but like my point is man and i've always been skeptical on this is this whole decentralization thing like as you've seen crypto evolve it's moved towards centralization i mean the coin bases and the exchanges and the you know the the, the different the infrastructure that has to support these networks has really looked like centralization. You need structures. That's how, you know, we humans work. You need to work in groups and we need to have centralized things and bases and checks and balances. And we need regulation in some sort of way. We can't just be this, you know, this, this trusting network of like decentralization where there's just like, there's no governing body or no nothing. 
right? And I think you need some sort of central authority to look over these things because you're looking at like this market right now. And like, imagine if there wasn't, you know, massive companies that like hold exchanges and like have have sway and like can control things and like protect consumers. I mean, you God knows what it would do to crypto. I mean, it would maybe just wipe it all out, like all the hacks and all the things that could happen. I mean, you think about all the hacks and, and all the scams and all the bullshit that's happening with all the infrastructure that's starting to be built within crypto networks. And imagine if that wasn't there, like I, it, it's incredible, right? I mean, even with all that shit that's being built and all the money that's flown in, $2 trillion wiped out. I mean, it's unbelievable. It has a long way to go. And I think there's purposes for DeFi and decentralization and all that kind of jazz, cutting out the middleman, blah, blah, blah. There's absolutely room for efficiencies there. But I think naturally you need some sort of structure and regulation to make sure that things run smoothly. That's just how we work as humans. We're never going to be able to get over that. We need hierarchy, you know, a hierarchy. It can't just be everybody's flat. Like, who's going to step up if something goes wrong? It, like, it's a winner take all. My, like, again, I'm, I'm kind of ranting here, but I just think the more and more you see this, and I've said this since I've really started to look into crypto, it's like everything seems to be moving towards centralization. Isn't that against the whole thesis of Bitcoin and, and whatever? And I think that's why it's evolving. It's turning into a, a different thing that serves a very you know noble purpose. And I think with things like Ethereum, Solana, whatever, where you know they could they could evolve financial technologies and things like that. Absolutely, but long way to go. Real carnage here. Some great buying opportunities if you're long crypto. But just just a really really tough tough time right now, especially if you have a lot of money in crypto. And again. Last thing I'll say on, on crypto, well, not the last thing, I got a couple more stories here, but a lot of folks were talking about, you know, their investment portfolio, their percentages that they should have. I think I heard that, like, you know, the, the rule of thumb was to have like 1% in crypto. And then as crypto really started to take off, everybody was saying, well, like, oh, it's irresponsible to only have like one to 5%. Like it should be a, a mainstay in your portfolio. I remember listening to, and as much as I like him, Zach King, BlockFi CEO, basically saying that, you know, it's, 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 it, it can definitely be worth more than you, and you should definitely have more of your portfolio in crypto. I don't think he said that specifically. He would never say that he's a pretty careful guy, but he said something along the lines of like, it's not that irresponsible to like have a larger portfolio or, or percentage in cryptocurrencies. And it might not even been him. I might, I might be misremembering it. But anyway, you know, it was just basically saying like, hey, man, it's it's ridiculous to not be in this market. And of course, he, you know, some, you know, somebody in the market's going to say that. I think I always said that it's still not in a place where I would ever say don't have, you know, it's not it never, it's never in a place where I'd be like, put more money than you think you could stomach losing, right? And I hope that a lot of you guys, you know, just have it small, por you know, small portion of your portfolio. For me, it's like two or 3%, a few thousand dollars. Like I literally don't care. I haven't looked once. I just don't care. Like it's just, it's just like, that's not why I'm investing and in. I'm investing it in for the long term. I'm gonna hold it, whatever. It's just Bitcoin, Ethereum, a couple thousand bucks. This is what you sign up for in the markets. There's there's pullbacks, there's ups and downs, you know? And, and so like, they're, they're, yeah, like, so just, I hope you don't have a ton of wealth in crypto and, and a lot of people chase the money, classic boom and bust cycle, just like it always has been in all of human history. 
and I didn't think it would be this sharp and this quickly, but you know, there's always going to be cycles like this and this is just what you're signing up for. It's not always going to be up and to the right forever, right? And furthermore, you know, there's a few networks that actually had to pause all withdrawals. I think Celsius Network, Crypto Lender, Binance, which is a major crypto exchange, halted Bitcoin withdrawals. The company said at 8 a.m., I mean, it's a technical issue. I mean, you know, it resumed quickly, but like this is, you know, it's kind of like the stock market halting trading. I think they had to halt trading when when crypto was up or when uh, the, um, you know, 2020 flu, let's call it, was happening, right? And so, you know, really tough, tough stuff. And then also Coinbase, who was in the news for reneging a lot of accepted offers, which which pissed me off. I'm actually going to do a little TikTok, a little skit on it. They, yeah, they, they basically reneged a lot of offers that they had already accepted, which is, you know, sucks and paid out several, you know, severance packages, I believe. Hopefully they're adequate. They're still probably going to get the shit suit out of them. I would sue the fuck out of them. Just saying, I saw somebody that like literally is fucked, you know, with respect to their visa. They've only got like, I don't know, 100 days to find a company to sponsor their visa. Like that's stressful, very stressful. And now they came out today, you know, Brian Armstrong came out and said that it's cutting almost a fifth of its staff because the company had grown too quickly and a potential recession could lead to another crypto winter. So classic case of booming, overhiring, going, you know, going public, whatever. But it literally is like they reneged. I think uh, they took away just 300 offers. Now they're cutting 1,100 employees or 18% of its staff. I mean, like you're thinking about the morale of somebody who's working there. I mean, you you can't feel that great about the company, you know, and, and it's a very, very, very tough thing. And so we're going to see more carnage like this, more stories like this. Of course, I'm going to be here for it chat about it but ultimately guys it's all about perspective again you know 2022 s p 500 stock market down 21 percent a year ago uh it's down 11 percent if you bought in three years ago 36 percent you're up five years ago you're up 68 percent if you bought a decade ago you're up 241 percent it's all perspective zoom out things are gonna be okay you know what i mean but anyway next story so there's a bill i believe or legislation that's going to maybe screen uh, investment into China by the United States. So Congress is pressing ahead with legislation that could rewrite the rules for American companies investing abroad, proposing the screening of investments in countries like China, seen as adversaries to protect U.S. tech and rebuild critical supply chains. So, you know, I was listening to this uh, podcast with this venture capitalist, Antonio Gracias, I believe. And, you know, he was he was a big, big, big investor in Tesla early on. Very successful guy. I think he's a billionaire. And he was basically saying that, like, you have like the U.S. has a lot of potential for reinvestment back into it. And it might be less cost effective per se in the short term, but long term, there's a lot of opportunity in the States. I think we've talked about on the show, things are getting more and more testy between these these big superpowers, especially U.S. and China, U.S., Russia, etc. And it looks like they're going to start to, you know, you know, basically say, hey, man, like there could be some sort of conflict of interest for national security, you know, and, and make sure that we're, we're staying on top of that. This has bipartisan support. People on both sides of the aisle, you know, Republicans, Democrats, et cetera, are in favor of having more investment back into their you know, country, obviously. But again, it's, it's, it's just trying to make the U.S. more competitive, to be honest. I understand it as if, you know, you, you, the U.S. has to 
stay competitive if they want us to maintain their spot because Chinaman is coming for them. It's not even funny. And they have to take these different measures. I would say, you know, you know, as things, you know, still are stabilizing from COVID and all that kind of stuff, uh, start to open the borders, get back to strong immigration, bringing in the best people in the world to come work at these American companies on American soil, incentivize America, American companies to reinvest into America. It makes sense. I mean, think about, I mean, China's doing that. Obviously, you can't really do too much outside of China. From I, I really don't understand the you know foreign investment rules in China, but I'd imagine that they have checks and balances similar to what the U.S. is trying to pass, um, probably a lot more stringent. And so, you know, I, th I think this is probably a good thing for the United States. It could fuck some companies in some way. It, it is stifled globalization, but again, reinvesting back into U.S. infrastructure and, and U.S. systems, U.S. supply chains, creating jobs. It, it does sound like a fairly good thing. And you can understand why Democrats, Republicans are agreeing that this is probably a good thing for the country. Another really quick story, guys, big discounts are coming. So talking about the sort of supply chain issues and things that have happened. So Target, Walmart, Macy's announced recently that they're starting to receive large shipments of outdoor furniture, loungewear, electronics, things that everybody wanted but couldn't get during the pandemic. And it looks like this is a huge, huge problem. There's gonna get a shit ton of stuff into their stores. They're gonna have nothing to do with it, so they have to move it. And what happens when you have a fuck ton of supply and not enough demand, the prices get slashed. And it looks like the prices are gonna get slashed by a lot. I think some investor service uh, analyst who tracks the retail industry said there's gonna be discounts like you've never seen before. Very cool. You know I'm gonna make a video about that literally right after this podcast. But hey, I mean, it, it, even the gap, like other retail, like it's just gonna be crazy, crazy. So if you've got some big purchases or big things on the go, maybe you want to, eh, you might wanna, might wanna wait. You know, you might wanna, you know, I, I never say time to stock market, never say time to crypto market, real estate market, anything, but this, hey, this, this the shopping market, I mean, you might, you might want to time that a little bit. <laughs> there could be some really good stuff coming down the pipe for you. But again, guys, I really wanted to just take today uh, and just really chat markets, talk about sort of what's going on, my, my, my take on it and all that kind of stuff. And I really appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, stay safe out there. Let me, let me know if you guys got any questions or anything that you're concerned about, or if you, if you need anything at all, please reach out. I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.